Well, hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Bomb City Podcast. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, thank you. And if you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. Man, this <laughs> this episode barely happened. And I off the bat, I got to thank Billy Parker for coming through and saving the day on this one. Man, thank you, Billy, so much for being my co-host here. My guests on this episode are Billy Parker and uh, Freddie Nandin of Fabulous Freddy's Paint out in Arizona. Uh, Billy and Freddie are both members of my car club, Los Boulevardos, and uh, this episode's a pretty uh, Boulevardos-heavy episode. <laughs> we talk about Brian Morris's Cadillac, uh, painting with Edog, uh, you know, from Edog Customs, and uh, Alan Walsh's Pontiac Robert's 68 Impala Fly Girl. We talk about a whole bunch of club cars. So since this is my first remote interview, I will also apologize in advance for the audio quality. It comes in and out. Uh, stick with it. It's a good one. I had a really good time recording it, and I hope you guys like listening to it. This is uh, this episode is kind of a dream come true as a host. These are the kind of conversations I dreamed about recording for this podcast when I first started it. So thanks, Freddie, and thanks, Billy, so much. And uh, thank you to Los Boulevardos Car Club for just attracting the most awesome people in the world. Anyways, I'll pick up this at the end. Sorry this one's coming out to you guys a little bit late. Without further ado, episode 15 of the Bomb City Podcast, Fabulous Freddy. Thank you so much for listening. All right, that one's recording. Billy. Yeah. What's up, man? I think we're we're almost up and running completely. Sweet. Um Hey, how's it going? All right, man. Thank you so much. Sorry about all the the hassle. I thought this was gonna be a lot easier than it was. Yeah, well, we built cars, not computers. Right, man. Thank you guys so much. This was a huge pain in the ass to to get going, but uh, I always like to start them off with uh with going through how you got into cars and how you got into building cars out in Arizona. But I think before we start that, uh, Freddie, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, Freddie Nandin, Fabulous Freddy's Custom Paint, uh, member of Los Boulevardos Car Club. Right on. And uh, Billy, you can go ahead and speak up too. My name is Billy Parker, also a <laughs> member of Los Boulevardos Car Club, Arizona. <laughs> right on. Hey, thanks for helping out with the with setting all this stuff up today. You bet. So, Freddie, uh, God, this feels fucking weird interviewing friends, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> so how'd you get started building cars? Well, it all started a long time ago when I was young with my, my mom and dad, obviously, uh, having old custom cars, hot rods, uh, you know, you name it, they had it when I was growing up. They even had a GTO station wagon at one point in time. And I, a lot of people don't even think those exist, but they do. Uh, learned how to drive in a... A 53 Chevy pickup when I was like four years old. You know, it was the first time I ever sat in a driver's seat and, you know, held the steering wheel and, you know, pretty much hooked since then. Have you been uh, pretty much in the same place? Uh, I've been in Arizona all my life, yeah. I've traveled back and forth to Nevada for a little while. Uh, I've been flown out to several states to paint cars and do odds and end work, you know. Mainly when shops couldn't finish a car, I would go in and finish it up for them. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like that's a, the way a lot of sh- shops get started. You know, it's a people have always been kind of weird about it, too, because when you finish someone else's project, it's like, whose name do you put on it at the end of it, right? Well, yeah, that's a funny <laughs> story. <laughs> uh, I've, I've worked on several cars that I've never gotten the, the props for 
finishing the cars. You know, they always yeah. gave it to the guy who screwed them. And I never got anything. You know, there's several magazine cars out there that I've done that I had no love on. You know, and it's yeah. kind of kind of depressing at times. But everybody who knows knows. Oh yeah, yeah, he finished that car, not not that shop. You know, so yeah. It, it's sort of always been like that too. I mean, like the the guys swinging hammers in the back of Barris's shops never got a, a bunch of recognition, or the people that fixed the stuff that rolled out of there, like. I don't know. <laughs> oh, for sure. You know, I, I know a lot of guys that work at a lot of high-end shops that you'll never know their name. You know, it's the guy who runs it. You know, like every time I build a car, anybody who helps me, I try to give them love just because I know how it feels. And it's it's really depressing. And, you know, it's like, oh, man, I spent a lot of time over there. I, I, I spent time away from my family and I don't even get a, hey, thanks, guy. You know, nothing. Just a little bit of appreciation goes a long way, and you know everybody I've worked with, you know I tell them, oh, you know I'll mention you, I'll mention you, I'll mention you. You know every time we did anything uh, for the club or anything, anybody who ever helped, I always no, I couldn't have done it without these guys. You know, like Billy came and helped sand on Brian Morris's Cadillac, Alan did, Chris did, everybody, everybody in Arizona was there working on these cars. You know, Nick did a lot of the welding. John Denawa, who's no longer with us, you know, he did a lot of work for us too on that car. And, you know, I, I put it out there that, no, it's not just me, it's everybody else. So these guys deserve the credit. They put the time in. So I, I feel they, they should have the credit, you know, even the small guys doing you know, wet sanding or taping or buffing or whatever, you know, the small guy don't get the love that they, they deserve, you know, at the end of the day, they're the ones who really put out the most work. Yeah, that's, that's true. And I guess one of the cool things about social media is that I think more people like other than the big name are also starting to get credit too these days. Like, but I see a lot of people on Instagram who are just a painter or a body man that have sort of picked up their own following, which is really cool to see too. But one of the, the cars you brought up that I think a lot of people will be familiar with that uh, a lot of guys worked on was, was Brian's Cadillac. Uh, do you want to tell me how that came together? Uh, Brian had mentioned something at a Santa Maria a while back, and he wanted to do a collaboration with E-Dog. I was wondering, you know, hey, can we, you know, build the car at, at your shop and have E-Dog come out and do some some uh, cobwebbing on the roof and pearl it and everything? And I was down. Uh, you know, he's a fellow club brother as well. So, you know, why not? Let's do it. Let's build this car and keep it in the club and, you know, we'll all have fun doing it. And it was, it was a great time having everybody come out here from Chicago, California. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for, for people who don't know, uh, Brian Morris is a – He's on Instagram. He's like the the crazy talented uh, graphic. What do you say, illustrator, graphic illustrator, designer? Illustrator, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. We call him that. Who's a, a member of our car club from Chicago? And E Dog, uh, I should put his. I'll tag him in this thing instead of <laughs> trying to have someone write it down. Um, he's from Southern California. He's also another really talented artist. Uh, who I've. What was it like having all those people in the same room working towards the the same goal? Uh, in the beginning. It was, it was filling everybody out. You know, everybody had their own niche of how they did things. And, you know, you just got to let everybody do what they want to do. 
you know, because just because my way works for me doesn't mean it works for E-Dog or Brian or anybody else. Um, but in the end, we all work together really, really good. And I wouldn't have had it any other way. You know, we I think it made us all tighter as a, a far distance chapters go. Uh, you know, we learned a lot about each other during those couple of weeks that we were together building that car. You know, Brian Morris helped out wet sanding. You know, a lot of customers don't come and do work on their car. A lot of guys won't allow it either. But at the same time, this was, hey, we're going to do this as a club venture. Uh, Let's have everybody in the club work on it. So let's do it. And we did. And I think the end result was pretty, pretty amazing myself. Yeah, definitely. At the time, I was actually a prospect in the club. So, um it was pretty cool to get to like get my hands on a on a club car and help out and um, you know just kind of like see what the whole thing was about and it definitely kind of just solidified my my like wanting to be a part of the whole thing and uh, it was an awesome experience for me at the time for sure. Did you guys have a, a totally clear vision before you guys all got in one room like? Did you pretty much uh, yeah, know? I would say so. Uh, he knew what he wanted. He he was pretty detailed with his uh, rendering of how he wanted the car to look. I can't remember who it was, but somebody put a side-by-side photo of his rendering with the car itself, and it pretty much nailed it. You know, I mean, uh, n- no one didn't know what to expect that didn't see the rendering. You know, so everybody who had seen the rendering knew what to look for. Yeah. And I think we pretty much hit the nail on the head with it. Uh, we had a couple of uh, issues with it here and there. Uh, bought a uh, parts car. I think it came out of New Mexico. And some of the parts we needed for it, <clears throat> they, they were broken as well. And we had to you know fabricate some things that just couldn't be repaired off that car. Uh, you know, the gas door springs broke on it and we just couldn't figure out where to get them. We, we try, I don't even know if they've been replaced to this day, uh, to tell you the truth, but you know, we, we made it work, you know, we, we did things to make it work so it didn't look terrible, but yeah, I'd say everybody knew what to do and how it was going to look. That's cool. Right? Stuff like that can go like a million different ways and it's, it's really cool that it, it worked out so great. Right. Well, here's the other crazy thing uh, a lot of people don't know was it was E-Dog's first attempt at spraying a Pearl. Oh, wow. Yeah, he had never sprayed a full-bodied car like that in a Pearl before in his life. So, you know, I told him, I said, well, if you you need any help, I could walk you through it. But he went in and handled his business and killed it like a champ. Came out and, you know, he was pretty happy with it. So it's uh, is the whole thing in a Pearl is just top to bottom? Or, uh, yes, the roof's done in a pearl. Everything has pearl all over it. Awesome. It has uh, pearl fades along the uh, cove of the sides, uh, the lines on the hood, the lines on the deck lid. Uh, I believe at the top of the fins as well, too. It all works together really, really neatly. Like uh, if you guys haven't seen Brian's car, I'll post a picture uh, on the the show notes thing that I do on the blog, but, uh, it's a, a mild custom, but the way they did these fades really, really accentuates all of the body lines. So it looks kind of wild, even though it's, it's relatively tame. Right. Was that sort of what you guys were going for with the fades? 
Uh, I believe that's what he wanted. Yes, it worked out great. Thank you. So, and there was a uh, there was another story with the club too, with a, a lot of people coming together and a lot of ingenuity. You want to tell us about the time you lost the supreme? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I went to cruise to the lake. I can't remember the year now. Hey, we had drove out there, stayed at a hotel. We're going to one of our other members' houses, Tony, and I heard a little clicking in the back, and I thought, well, maybe one of my my brake shoes in the back had come off. Yeah. Well, we get to Tony's house. I had ended up breaking an alternator bracket. So I changed that real fast so we can get to this show. We ended up meeting a couple people at this gas station, and uh, from there we decided to get on the, I believe it's the 60 freeway. I, I can't remember, but it's in Montebello. And uh, AJ, another member, had just taken off like a bat out of hell. And I <laughs> like, well, I got a brand new 350 and 700R4. I can catch them. <laughs> I take off. I start hauling ass. And then uh, next thing I know, I just hear this crack. And my axle had actually sheared in half. And it took the tire underneath the car, sent me through five lanes of traffic. Oh, my God. Another member, Chris uh, Connor, was with me. And we're both, like, yelling and screaming. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he looks at me and says, hey, man, you got this? I said, yeah, I got this. I got this. I, I, we're not going to hit the wall. We're going straight for the median that divides the, the traffic Jesus. in the middle. And I ended up swinging it around the other way where E-Dog, again, was coming up. And uh, I, I narrowly missed him. And I did that, I think, three times Damn. through the traffic. And then the wheel must have caught in a reflector or something and pulled out of the car, which actually helped me out because it sent me straight. And the wheel's bouncing, and it missed E-Dog's T-Bird, the green T-Bird at the time he had. And a guy had swung around E-Dog, and it bashed in his front end, just annihilated the front end of this car. It was a Toyota Corolla, like an 86 piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> can I say shit? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I get it over to the side of the road, and... Once we're there, I'm like, oh, my God, we made it. We made it. And Chris is like, oh, man, thanks for saving me. You know, don't – thanks for not killing me. And somebody's yelling, man, your car's on fire. Your car's on fire. Jesus. So we get out. We're trying to put this fire out. Well, when we open the ice chest to get some water, it's full of beer. <laughs> so we don't even have any water to put this fire out. And I'm throwing all this beer in the back of the car. And finally, I get to a Gatorade or a water or something, and I throw it at Chris, and Chris pours it onto the fire and gets the fire out. Alan, another club member, runs up with the fire extinguisher. We're like, ah, we got it, we got it, we're good. And uh, somebody comes up with my wheel. You know, I guess it had went a couple feet back, or like 50 feet back, and got the wheel. Wow. Uh and we we're just sitting there looking at the damage. I mean, the axle just straight sheared off. What had happened is uh, I had taken it and gotten a wheel bearing put on. And when they put the wheel bearing on, they nicked the axle. And since mm -hmm. you're not supposed to really nick that axle, it cracked it. 
split it right in half. Jesus. So it was just a matter of time before that happened. And the other crazy story about this is um, on our way to California, coming into Tonopah, an older Porsche rolled up on me. And uh, we were probably doing 80, 90. And the guys in the car were, you know, harassing me, saying, ah, oh, this guy's going to beat you, this guy's going to beat you. And next thing I know, we're flying down the 10, coming up to Tonopah, or not Tonopah, Quartzsite, Quartzsite. And, uh, you know, we're flying. We're probably easily doing 120, 125 down the 10, wow. you know, racing, stupid. And, you know, we're just lucky it didn't happen then because we'd probably be dead right now, you know. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, we, you know, we end up getting a tow truck and uh, getting it towed to another member, Tony's house, where uh, we left the car for the day. We went and enjoyed the show. Everybody there, you know, corralled and found me a rear end. Uh, we jacked up the car and when the following the next day, actually the Sunday, the we day? jacked up the car, pulled the wow. rear end out in like 40 minutes and had a new one in in a couple of hours, and we drove it home. Man, that is yeah, that's again, something everybody from arizona you know uh tag teamed it and we got it on the road e-dog gave me a couple of wheels to use because the wheel had actually uh it, it didn't bend i thought it bent but it uh -huh. actually bent the drum so wow. the wheels e-dog had given me were standards and i run uh 14.7 reversed uh -huh. and Driving down the freeway was crazy because those wheels were so sunk in and the ass end that it would get squirrely on me. So I had to stop and see if I can get another tire or try to buy some wheels or something. And something told me just check and see if this wheel's straight. Just get a tire put on it and have it balanced and see what it balances out at. Well, it balanced out at like 0.25, so it was still good. It wasn't even bent. So I put it back on, put my other wheel on, and we made it to Arizona. Wow. We made it two miles into Arizona, and then the pump shaft and the <laughs> transmission went out, and I had to have it towed home because that right. was something I couldn't tackle on the side of the road, unfortunately. Wow. <laughs> That's a hell of yeah, a weekend. A, but you know what? It was a good time. It was a really good time. We had prospected a friend of ours, uh, Chris, and just a lot of people came together on that. You know, guys from other clubs... Uh, I, I, I can't remember the name of the clubs, but one of the guys is actually one of the ones who had found me the rear end. And I can't thank him enough to this day, you know, for getting me home, you know. Uh, he, and he actually drove me over to the guy's house to pick up the rear end in his own personal truck. So, you know, those guys wow. out there, man, they got something good going on. That's awesome. It's weird how stuff like that works out. Like, I guess car guys even if they're not like into the same kind of cars they look out for each other like uh josie and i had this crazy story we were driving home one night in her uh her 57 back when it used to be rainbow metal flake you know it's rainbow metal flake now but it was a different yeah. color of metal flake. Yeah, silverish one right <laughs> yeah so we were coming back from that show up here uh, midnight mass mm -hmm. which gets out uh, you know it, it goes past midnight i think it was two or three in the morning and we're going down the freeway and we see our buddy uh, Tom broken down on the side of the road like from the from the freeway so we circle back to go find him he had this the gold roofed uh, green bodied 1960 Cadillac oh okay you remember that car it was on Supremes and uh 
anyways, so he was broken down down there. His alternator went out, and like since his car was static dropped, when the tow trucks showed up, they wouldn't pick him up. Like they they were too afraid to damage the car, so no one would touch it. Uh-huh. But we found this like methed out tow truck driver at like four in the morning, and this was like. We were out in this this town, Stockton, which is sort of... I, I know Stockton. <laughs> it, it's pretty far from home. Right. And uh, it can be pretty sketchy out there by the uh, the jail or the, the, the prison or whatever they have out there. And there's, like, wild dogs in the background that are, like, howling at the moon. And this, this guy was like, all right, I won't tow it, but I got a Camaro in my garage. You could borrow my alternator. Just uh, swap me the one so I could have the core. Like, this tow truck guy, like, he had absolutely no reason to go out on a limb. So we hopped in my wife's car drove to this guy's house, like, pulled the alternator out of this guy's Camaro, like, drove it back to my friend Tom, and we got home by sunrise. It's a, <laughs> it's cool how people that are into cars watch out for each other. Right. Yeah, that happens a lot out here. One day we were uh, on a cruise called Cruise on Central out here. Sorry, is that is that in Phoenix? Yes, in Phoenix. Everybody's just cruising, uh, I'm going to say what, Billy, a good eight miles of Central. Yeah. It's... It's two times a year, but it's not really a... Sh- well, I guess it's mainly a show, but we don't go to the show. We just go cruise. All right. And uh, this guy, 54 Chevy, uh, bagged, blew a line, and he's blocking traffic, and there's traffic for miles. I mean, it took me like a half an hour to get to him. And, uh, you know, hey, man, what's the problem? Well, I blew a line, and I don't have any fittings. I don't have nothing. I'm like, well, I'm sure we can figure something out. So me and Chris, uh, another member from Arizona here, uh, you know, just put our heads together and figured something out. We ended up taking the old fitting that had melted and taking a piece and just kind of melting the hose back to the plastic fitting, the fittings and getting it to work to where it didn't hold air or held air enough to just get it off the street. And that's all we did. So he could build enough air to to lift it up and then park it and yeah. it got traffic moving again. You know, there's a lot of people cussing at us and everything. Cause you know, this guy's broken down, but I, I knew him from a friend of mine and that was it. You know, I'd maybe said hi to him a couple of times, but you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing what people will do. You know, people's helped me. So I figured why not help this guy? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I think you're boring Billy. He's falling asleep. Shut up. Yeah, Billy, what's up, man? <laughs> Long day of work? No, I actually had the day off. What's going on? <laughs> man, I haven't even been to sleep yet since yeah, I got off work. I've been, I've been... Jesus, you work swing shift? I work graveyards. Damn. Yeah, I got off work at 8 o'clock this morning and started drinking at 1. And <laughs> now we're here. <laughs> yeah. Technical All difficulties, right. if they had prolonged any further, this could have been like a really sloppy podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sloppier podcast. Sloppier. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, that's damn. Thanks for sticking it out. No yeah. problem. So, uh, talking about your shop and, and the club and people getting together, Robert's car is another great car like that. You want to tell me about that one? Uh, a, a previous member had brought him down. And uh, we met on Cruise on Central, as, as a matter of fact. And they were hanging out, and guys like, man, you know, I really like to get my car painted. I've met this guy a total of uh, two hours, maybe. And, uh, you know, just talking to him about some stuff he wants to do and, you know, like the ideas we had. He wanted to do some scallops and some other things to it. And, you know, I'm, 
I said, yeah, but you know what, man? I think just a simple pearl job on it. Keep it clean and classy. This car is already clean and classy. Let's just keep it like that. And, you know, he, he wanted some scroll work pinstriped on it. And I said, yeah, that's something you could do later, you know, or we could do it and clear over it, whatever. You know, but, I mean, uh -huh. this car is just too clean to to put patterns all over it and put some scallops on it. I, I wouldn't even say scallops. I wouldn't even say scallops. I'm, yeah. I would say just highlights around the roof lines and, you know, panels, but in a scallop sense. I don't even know how to explain it. You'd have to see how we did it. We taped it off a couple of times. We came up with a couple of good ideas, but it just didn't sit with us. You know, it was like, this is too much for the car for how clean the car is, you know. And it, when, when it came down to picking the color, it was like, okay, well, we can work with this in pearls and highlight the cell panels, highlight the, the curvature of the crown on the quarter panels and fenders because it has two separate lines. So, you know, when, uh, when it came time to spray it, I just dusted the pearl all over the whole car. A lot of people think it looks like flake, but it's not. It's all House of Color Ice Pearl. And then uh, highlighted the edges of the fenders and that's it you know and it just kept it clean and simple but i also shaved all the trim along the sides all the marker lights uh all the emblems off the hood trunk fenders uh header panel uh the car had also also been bashed in on the right quarter panel that a lot of people don't know and it was pushed in about six inches and I had to pull all that out. Uh, used my frame machine to pull it as much as I could and then uh, hammered and dollied the rest of it out until I only had like a, a even an eighth inch thick of, of filler on it. I had no choice because it was so beat up, you know, and he didn't want to replaced a quarter at the time so we just you know did the best we could with what we had and he had flown out a couple of times and helped me work on the car i don't have a problem with letting people help me work on their car that way they see you know what's really going on with it and yeah. you know i build a stronger relationship with a lot of the people and uh you know he's become a really good friend and now a club member uh just from him uh, leaving the car with me after a couple of hours of knowing him, you know. Yeah, that's uh, that says something. You know, he he wanted to get it painted, and he just you know couldn't find anybody, I guess, in Denver. I don't know, uh, or he just liked what I did and felt comfortable. I don't know, you know. Uh, so we we just made an agreement. The first night I met him, we made an agreement, and he drove the car to my shop, and they stayed at my house, and. I drove them to the airport on Sunday, and they flew out. They didn't even have plane tickets. They were going to drive back out to Denver in the morning, you know, on Sunday. Huh. So on Saturday night, we went to uh, Billy's house after the cruise on Central hung out. Did we barbecue or not? Mexican food. Yeah, Mexican. oh, yeah, we had, Mexican, and, we had Mexican food. Tacos and Medellos, I believe. That's right. Tacos and Medellos. <laughs> carne asada. Frank. Carne. Frank. 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 <laughs> That's a long story. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's another podcast. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we had uh, tacos and modelos and uh, 
drove to my shop afterwards. Well, not after drinking. We had sober drivers, of course. Uh, drove to my shop. We worked out a deal, and he left the car, and the rest is history, as they say. And it's coming out in Low or it is out in Lowrider magazine right now. Right now? Yeah, right wow, now. that's awesome. That's like a huge deal. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's it's hard to get into Lowrider magazine with all the cars out there, especially with his his traditional style of lowrider you know i mean it's uh it's frowned upon almost in some areas but the older generation are like no that's the way it was man that's how it was in the 60s and 70s that's a real lowrider right there you know not with the 100 spoke dayton's on it and you know, I've had the same compliment with my car, you know, where I've had members of other clubs here in Arizona bring their young guys over and say, you see this car here? Oh, yeah, man, I like that car, but I'd put Dayton's on it. And they're like, no, 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 you're getting it messed up because this is how it was back in the day. You right. Know? And, you know, you see these these guys walking around with the older guys and them giving them a history lesson and them to use our cars feels great. You know, it feels good. And then when they come up and congratulate you and say, you know, nice job on a well-built car. It's awesome. Billy, you still awake? I'm here, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Freddie I'm like his roadie. Like, I yeah. get the equipment ready and you do your thing. So, Freddie, what was the first me. car you ever did that kind of inspired that passion for you as a painter that you were like, wow, well, I want to do more of this. That's rough. That's really rough. Uh, I'd have to say mine and my dad's 57 cameo after it was wrecked. Got a new fiberglass bedside for it and we tore the whole truck apart and started working on it and wet sanding it and uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to paint it. He ended up selling the truck before it was done. So, but just getting it to the point where it was a nice car again, and then seeing it gone was like, I need to finish something. I need to finish something. And then I uh, just started. Hey man, let me work on your car. Hey, let me do this. You know, let me try this with friends, and they did. They were dumb enough but I thank them uh, I didn't know what I was doing in the beginning as usual uh, but I guess I was good enough that when I went to a, a trade school they graduated me a couple months early and uh, told me I had no use of being there that I should go out yeah. in the real world and make money the trade school in in auto body yes uh, over there in Arizona yes yeah, Maricopa Skill Center. For uh, people that are trying to get into the trade, would you recommend going to a trade school or, oh, yes, definitely. or the old-fashioned route? I, I ended up going into production uh, straight out of there. And I worked production predominantly for about 10 years. And I hired everybody out of trade school. Wow. I wouldn't hire people off the street. I Because the reason why I did that is because I got my chance that way. And I started, I started off as a buffer, you know, yeah. oh, well, I'm, I can't hire you as a painter. You know, I don't know what you know. You know, you don't even know how to tint and blend cars. So I started off as a buffer. I, I, I was really good at buffing. So it's like, okay, well, you know, pay me $10 an hour to buff. I'll buff. I don't care. I just want to get in here and learn and do things. So 
that's what I did. And one day a painter called in sick and I said, well, you know, I can do this. I can get in there and paint. And I went in there and I ended up painting a few cars and he was like, well, you want to, you want to do it a couple times a week until, you know, you're a hundred percent. And then, you know, you can take one of the booths. We had two booths. So I ended up painting delaminated cars back in the nineties when they were, uh, you know, delaminating all the GM cars, we'd strip them down and paint them. So I ended up doing that for a full-time gig for a while. And wow. you know, I, I, I loved the cars from my, my family, uh, you know, all, all traditional style low riders and hot rods. And I just, I wonder if I could do this and I started doing it and I started doing it to my cars and then started doing it to friends cars and then next thing I know you know here I am I I didn't know your family was into traditional lowriders and and hot rods and customs what kind of cars did you grow up around uh my my Theo he actually has a 37 Chevy and he still has it I was supposed to paint it but I, I don't remember what had happened and I ended up putting paint it at the time, so he had somebody else paint it for him. Uh, but my aunt had a 62 Impala. We've had several, several cars through my mom and dad. My mom actually had a 69 official pace car uh, Camaro SS that was a hard top. There's no only a few of those made. Um, and, you know, my dad always had different cars. He was always wheeling and dealing and always just brought home different stuff so you know I, I fell in love with all old cars I didn't have a certain specific car like I do now you know like now I predominantly like 59 and 60 Chevys and I have for the last few well shit last 15 years uh, it's just all I've wanted you know I've had 64s 62 63s 61s and just I, I like the 5960s, and they've just been in my blood for the last 15 years or so, I'd say. And, you know, ended up with the wagon, not a hardtop, and, you know, figured, well, I can make it cool as a hardtop, I guess. And I think I succeeded on that with some help from a lot of people. I've had a lot of help on that car, too. Yeah, that's actually a good point. We should talk about your car. Uh, we haven't really said much about it yet. Well, I picked up that car in uh, Carson City, Nevada. Well, actually, it was Gardnerville, Nevada, right outside of Carson City. We were at Hot August Nights, and we were in a 61 Impala SS409, and I was like, man, I'd love to find a 60 hardtop, but you know, just I couldn't find nothing in my price range. So we're driving home from hot August nights one day in this car and we pulled up and this guy, you know, has a, a the front end sticking out and I couldn't see the back end. I'm like, hey man, do you see that car? Do you see that car? Turn around, turn around, turn around and pull up. And I'm like, oh shit, it's a station wagon. Well, at the time I had a 91 Capri station wagon I had built. So I was like, you know what? I could build another wagon. It's a 60. Who cares? Do it, you know? So... I couldn't strike a deal with the guy. Uh, he, he just didn't want to come off it. He wanted way too much money. So mm -hmm. I, I gave my buddy some money to get it at an auction, and it, that didn't pan out either. So I'd flown up there probably four months or three months later, and we ended up striking a deal, and I took the car home. Uh, 
me and him ended up bagging it in a day and and I drove it back and forth to Nevada for a year, year and a half. Wow. Put tons of miles on it. The car itself actually has a little under 900,000 miles on it right now. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah, as, and right now, as we speak, I'm changing all the bushings that are factory <laughs> in the <Yeah>. rear end <laughs> uh, from the old uh, uh, rear end that were, were left in there in like the banana bone or whatever you want to call it the the top yeah. uh, what the hell's that thing called the top control arm and the bottom control arms right. all the bushings are wasted they're so wasted that the uh, center went through the bushing itself wow. that the sleeve actually wore through the bushing itself yeah it's it's about time to replace that <laughs> mm -hmm. and then uh a friend of mine who was a notorious lowrider painter, Bobby J. He uh, he was at my shop for a while, and uh, I, I asked him. I was like, "Dude, man, I'm having a hard time, you know, laying out the patterns on this car, and uh, I need some help." And you know, so I conversated with him for a while, and he's like, "Well, I can I can help you. I can I can do it." And I was like, "Well, I, you know, I painted the whole car." And I'd like to do the patterns, but you know what? I think it's going to be better in your hands because I, I just, I'm not feeling it on my car. You know, it's funny. I, I, I see things on other people's cars. I think, oh yeah, I'd like that on mine. And then I do it and I just, I don't like it. So I'm like, you know what? You tape it up. You do this. And uh, me and my buddy Nick, which is also a member now, uh, we taped it up. And he taped it up the same exact way with an exception of a couple of spots where I couldn't figure it out. Well, he figured it out. He knew what to do. So I'm like, you know what? Yeah, let's do this. Let's let's go ahead and do it. So he taped it up. He sprayed the fades and everything. I didn't even spray the fades on it, but I did all the flake and the color and the clear and everything else. And a lot of people don't realize that. But, you know, anybody who asks me, I tell them I didn't I didn't do the panels. All I did is the, the flake and the colors and the candy on the roof and everything else. So we had a small problem where the color and the panels actually, when I went to go clear it, had ran because didn't pay attention to the, the can that said uh, photochemically reactive. Oh. So what we had to do was wet sand the clear and go through, retape it all up, and then me and him both went through and touched up all the areas that had ran. So, I mean, if you look close, you'd probably be able to see them, but a lot of people never even notice them, you know. But we also, uh, me and Nick and a few other friends, have we shaved the rain gutter at the roof, uh, Frenched in 58 Delray tail lights, uh, Got 63 Buick Riviera seats, uh, crate motor, 700 R4 transmission. The car's been through hell and back, I can tell you that. It's been all over the place. Uh, I used to drive it to work every day for five years, uh, and I live about 101 miles round trip from my work easily. Yeah, and I drove that every day on reverse yeah. wheels. Most of the time on all four of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Billy, how you feeling? I'm good. <laughs> I am fantastic. 
Sorry, I don't know why I keep picking on you. Yeah, you're mean. I set up the microphone. I get everything going. Yeah, thank you very I much. I bought Freddie some Dos Equis to keep him, you know, entertained. So no Modellos then? No, you know. I don't drink Modelo. Yeah, that's chutey shit, man. Like, we're better than that. Right. Now Tony's going to be mad. <laughs> so what you been up to? Not much, sir. Just working. Um, trying to get my stuff ready for Santa Maria. So just going to start buying some parts. God, it's coming up quick. Yeah, I'm probably going to throw some 64 T-Bird buckets in there. So we're going to like do those up all cool. Oh, cool. Um, and some other stuff. I'm going to drive out, so... Awesome. Yeah, right on. I just made a, a tattoo appointment on that Sunday with a friend of mine that moved to San, to Pismo Beach. Oh, nice. Yeah, looking forward to it. Very cool. Which shop? Uh, it's a shop in Pismo Beach called uh, Tiger Rose. Tiger Rose. I have not heard of yeah. it. Not it's not a big shop. Gotcha. That kid used to live on Treasure Island. I don't know if you've been to, to San Francisco before. but Yeah, a couple times. Okay, so when you drive across the Bay Bridge, there's that island in the middle of it. He lived on that island. So, like, wow. there's, yeah, there's, like, nothing there. It's actually, it's getting bigger, but... And people but, still you know, live there? It's, well, it's five minutes from San Francisco, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, I couldn't do that. That's that's too much for me. Yeah, it seems like a lot of work. Well, you need you need a lot of things to work for you to get out of where you live, you know? Yeah. Like, you need both both sides of the bridge to be open. That's crazy. Yeah, I can you imagine like, oh, yeah, you can't leave your island today. Sorry. Right. All it takes is one accident, huh? Yeah, seriously. How are you guys doing over there on, on time and everything? Are we still... We're good. I don't want to keep you from whatever else you got to do, so let me know if I'm, uh, if I'm pushing it. I got three in. beers left. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was hoping we were going to talk about um, the threat of the word nostalgia on not only the scene, but in the general political environment we're in right now. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's what, Poe's Law. Have you heard of that? No, I have not. It's one of those theorems of the, of the internet, like Rule 34. Have you guys heard that one? No. Okay, Rule 30, 34, you guys can look that one up on your own. But uh, uh, Poe's Law is nothing on the internet can be said so sarcastically that it can't be interpreted as just someone being stupid. Like, <laughs> which is a, there's one person out there at least that's going to read something that you read that you wrote sarcastically and think that you meant it genuinely. So yeah, oh that happens with all the, the time with me. Yeah, because I'm not a I'm not a big computer texter. A more face-to-face -face type of person. So, like, yeah. I'll say something jokingly around and people don't get it half the time. You know, and it's like, no, man, I was messing with you. I was fucking around. And, you know, don't take it so serious. Calm down. Yeah, sometimes it could take a while to feel people out for if, they, if they're if they going to get your, uh, your sense of humor. Yeah, right. You're a hard read on the uh, text message, for sure. Mm -hmm. You need to use, like, an italic font when you're <laughs> using sarcasm. <laughs> I'll put it in parentheses. Right. How was it 2017 and there's no italic font on a text message? I don't, I don't know, man. 
Like, let's okay. get into that. What the fuck is an italic font? It looks like when it's slanted, you know? Oh, okay. So you could tell, like, Dude, a I don't work with computers. You know what I use computers what? for? Mixed ratios. <laughs> when I make paint. <laughs> I can tell you ounces and grams and stuff like that, but I can't. Nice. Right on. Um, I just remembered something that I, I wanted to talk about. I remember when Stoney's Cadillac was out at your shop, there was a... Was there some sort of ghost story with your shop? <laughs> uh, yeah. Blood drive. Yeah. yeah. What the yeah. hell was that? So, <laughs> uh, the shop we moved into was, it was haunted, obviously. For How, do you know? and, uh, How do you know? How could you tell? Huh? How could you tell? Well, you'd be at the shop all by yourself, and you'd be underneath the car doing something. You'd see feet walk by, legs. What the fuck? Yeah, crazy shit. I mean, you're just like, what the fuck was that? And you're like, I'm the only motherfucker here. You know, you get up Jesus. and you look around and your hair on the back of your neck would stand up, you know? And you're you're pretty far out of the way, right? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm like 30 miles outside of town, roughly. Yeah, so there's, that's crazy. I think he wasn't wearing a mask, Nick. <laughs> no, this, yeah. this is this. There's well. Okay, let me back up a little bit. So, you know, one day I was like, "Man, hey guys, I don't want to sound stupid or crazy or anything, but like, have you guys seen anything?" And they're like, "Yeah, I just didn't want to say nothing." You know, it's like, "What? What do you oh, mean? Man. What have you seen?" Well, like, I'll be working on a car and I'll see somebody walk by and nobody's there, and I'm the only one there. It's happened to all of us several times. That's fucking crazy. So, <laughs> like, I'm, uh, I'm wet sanding Stoney's car to get back to, to that. Um, and there's nothing in the shop. Nothing at all. And there's no animals. Nothing around it. We wet sanded the roof. Walked away for a couple minutes. I think we went and smoked outside something. Come back in and there's a blood drop <laughs> on the roof. What the fuck? Like, where the hell did that come from? You know, it's like, uh, I don't know. I wiped it off. It was gone. Finished wet sanding it, cleaned what it. It's like, okay, it's gone. It's good. Well, you know, we're telling him the ghost stories. He's like, get the fuck out of here. You know, I don't believe you. Da, 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 da. <laughs> well... So the next day he comes in, he's like, dude, look at my hood, look at my hood. And he put like Sarah Ray was here or something like that. Or Sarah Ray says hi. I can't remember exactly what he put, but he was fucking with us. You know? And he's like, ah, I got you guys. And we we're like, we thought he was serious because, you know, we've yeah. all seen some weird stuff. Like my, uh, my stepson at the time was, uh, walking to go to the restroom and he was like ah who threw a bolt at me literally nobody was in the shop what nobody and he had gotten hit with the bolt so hard that i heard it and i was outside you know outside the bay door wow but i'm on there's a wall and there's two bay doors with a walkway in between the wall so he walked through the walkway and he's on the other side of the wall and you could hear it hit his back and then hit the floor. But nobody was in there. We were all outside. Jesus. So it's like, well, how did that happen? You know, I, there's so many stories there. It's not even funny. And uh, 
so again, fast forward to Stoney's car. I was I was doing the panels on it in the paint booth, which is on the outside of the shop, uh, forty feet away from like the bay, and you know taped up the panels, painted them, everything. Come back and I look and I'm like, what is that? So if you look in his roof, you'll see two dots exactly where the blood drops were. What? Yes, they're still there. That's fucking crazy. They're still there. And you'll see, it's like greens and blues, and then you'll see a little hint of like a purplish color. And I swear, what? I swear on my mama, I didn't put those there. I didn't do it. They're, they're, there's something there. And it's not from me. That's crazy. Are you guys still at that shop? Uh, I have since moved out. Uh, my, my buddy's still there. Uh, I, I moved into a house with another shop, but I still frequently go over there and use the paint booth from time to time. I recently fell at work and had to have back surgery and I haven't really successfully painted a car in over a year. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I redid my roof not too long ago and that about killed me. Uh, I had a couple of issues that I didn't like, so I fixed them. And uh, when I was doing that, I did it at my shop. And uh, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't know if I have it in me much longer, but I'm gonna try as long as I can. He's got yeah. it in him for a T-bird, though. <laughs> That's actually, Billy. You want to tell us about your T-bird? Sure. Um, it's a 1962 Ford Thunderbird Landau. It's all pretty much OG, um, numbers matching. So. Originally came with red interior, uh, black paint with a black top. Um, I actually bought it off this kid that was living in California at the time that had uh, got the car from trading a tractor for it and was going <laughs> to drive it to school, but knew nothing about cars and he couldn't get it to start. So I ended up buying off this kid for like $3,500. Took it home and the reason it didn't run is because there was the vacuum and the vacuum advance line was off of it. <laughs> so wow. literally that's what I had to do to get the car running. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like all there, you know, all original. Pretty much like early on, I lowered it myself by cutting the springs and then putting blocks in the back. And uh, he lowered it in his garage with like a foot on each side, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. It was tight in there. Yeah. Um, Used like an angle grinder to cut the springs and all that good stuff. Then I actually met Freddie and Alan over at like SoCal Speed Shop. And uh, that was the first time I'd ever met anybody that was like into the same type of uh, cars that I was. So, uh, you know, immediately came friends with those guys and started working on cars together. And, you know, we ended up bagging it together and uh, doing exhaust and like everything that we've done to that car has always been like as a group you know like as a as a chapter so uh it's been a pretty cool experience you know i I think like the the rest of the guys kind of um even though they like to make fun of me for for being the token ford guy you know it's a special car to everybody because we all kind of had our hands on it at one point in time that's cool yeah the silver fade (laughs) yeah one time We were, when we were bagging it, Freddie decided that he was going to pull out a silver rattle can and just straight up put a fade on my fender. Uh-huh. I freaked the fuck out. 
got all over my chrome. But we, he buffed it out. He felt bad. I could tell. I, I don't think he'd ever seen me mad before. But I was pretty pissed. He wasn't mad. Yeah. I got over it real quick. But, uh, yeah. So, you know. I just remembered that. It's been That's a, funny. It's been a reliable car, though. I mean, it drove it all the way to Santa Maria and back and a bunch of other places. Tucson. With a hole in the firewall. Yeah. The, so yeah. they had... It was kind of chilly out, so they had heat, which was awesome from the motor because of the hole in the firewall. Yeah, but when we went through the desert with the hole in the firewall, it was so hot. It was like an oven, especially with all that like ribbed aluminum interior, just like microwaving me. But uh, it, yeah, we've had some good times together. You didn't think to like put a piece of tape over the hole? Oh, I finally <laughs> did. Um, yeah, finally after like. Two or three years of enduring it, I figured out where it was coming from and taped it up. But yeah, it's been a it's been a pretty awesome car. I mean, you can't you don't get that lucky when you buy something that often where it's like doesn't need a lot. You know, it's on the original build on the engine and starts up every time I start it. So you know, it might be a Ford, but it's still pretty cool in my book. <laughs> You know, if you if you ever watch any of uh, Robert's videos with that car cruising, it just looks so sinister and just floating down the road. Yeah, you yeah. Know? I mean, it just flawlessly, you know, effortlessly. Even though he doesn't have power steering at times, but <laughs> it, it, it 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 just looks so bitching cruising down the road. You know. Yeah, it was really cool when I came out for the uh, the rumble on the boulevard. Rumble on the Boulevard, that's what it was. <laughs> Thank you. It was really cool when I came out to Rumble on the Boulevard, and I finally got to see all the Arizona cars in action. It was uh, it was really neat. I don't know, like, you see these cars online, but when you finally, like, get to be, like, in them and around them and, like, drive with them, it's a, a whole different thing. Like, Billy's car, for example, like, it looks awesome in pictures, but to, to see it floating along, it, I don't know, there's just something about it that's really, uh, really exciting that you can't capture on a picture. Right, right, right. I think for all of us, like, out here, especially since we don't all live very close to one another, it's like we build our cars to be driven. So um, it's like the best thing about going to a car show isn't sitting in the parking lot in a fold-up chair. It's the drive there. So we definitely try to emphasize that with everything we do. Yeah, because you got to look. I'm, I'm 30, 40 miles away from anything. Yeah. At the drop of a hat, so I've already got an eighty-mile round trip just to get to the freeway, yeah. you know. And then if it's twenty miles inside of town, then I got another twenty miles. And when we meet up and we go cruising around, all we're doing is driving and having fun. That's awesome. Yeah, you could really feel that when you're out there. I, it's uh, it's different, you know, outside of California where there's not, you know, like a hundred car shows in a weekend. And you just right. pick which one you want to walk to. It's a, it's a whole different thing building a car where you need it to get you from point A to point B. That's in the heat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, you have to build it to where it can sit at a red light a couple of times when you're cruising around, and not get to two ten, two twenty, two thirty, two fifty. Yeah, you know. I think we all have really nice radiators. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like that's, the first thing I bought. <laughs> that's that's one thing you definitely have to have is a nice cooling system. Because if you don't, you're not going to survive out here, man. You're, 
Your Josie's car did really good out here. I was surprised. Oh well, you'll be in from North. <laughs> hey, well that one actually has a uh, I think it's a '73 Buick radiator. I went to Napa and just give me the biggest you know copper cord, no plastic tanks radiator that you can because that thing overheated like that for years, and that was probably the the biggest improvement that we ever made on it. I mean it it went from being something that you could could drive to work and like could maybe take out of town. To being something you could, you know, hop in and drive back from the Grand Canyon in. Right. And I give you props for driving from Tucson, or driving from from NorCal to Tucson, <laughs> and then back to Phoenix. Yeah. With the little amount of time you had. That was awesome. Thank I you. also think you probably need to study up on your geography. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> People do that commute though, right? Tucson to Phoenix? Oh, no. yeah. All the time. <laughs> no. I don't know time. anybody. Not like regularly. Yeah, I have I have like two drivers that live in Tucson. Yeah, that's that work where I work. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I got family down there, so it's it's always a stop when we're in the state. But it's it's way 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 down there. Yeah, it's it's a drive. We went to uh, the hell is that place? Old Tucson. We went to a show in Old Tucson one year. Yeah. And uh, we just I don't know. I I, I saw something on on the internet and I was like, Hey, let's go check this out. Yo, it's, I, I was under the assumption it was going to be in downtown old Tucson, uh-huh. you know, in the actual studios itself, but it wasn't, it was in the, you know, visitors parking lot, uh-huh. but you got to drive through it and take pictures, you know, so it was, it was all right, but we still had fun cruising down there and we went to Weddows and had some, snoring dogs and we had a good time but you know it it was just about the drive going down there and you know some of the pictures these guys took were awesome you know if if you guys ever seen them on instagram they're just bitching you yeah you're like in the middle of the desert just surrounded by dirt cactuses and sand and hills doing 80 miles an hour on the freeway (laughs) and 100 degree heat that feels like 200 you know a couple inches off the ground <laughs> yeah yeah we had such a fun time driving through that state we came out for when we went to the show there like because when we left phoenix and went up north to the grand canyon we went up oh, i forget that freeway there but the one that goes 17 it must have been and like we there was still snow on the on the hills up there and there's like yeah pine, oh man there, there's nothing like it like northern arizona is just amazing right yeah like i i would go there a couple of times a year like down to tucson when i was a kid just because that's where we had family but mm-hmm. i never saw anything besides it it was like drive straight through the state get to grandpa's house hit eg's and go home you know right it's been really cool to get a, a chance to explore it a little bit more out there speaking of eg's you know there's there's one in casa grand now so i just i don't have to go to tucson all the time to get eg's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so another guy down there by you guys is alan um do you want to tell me about what you guys did with this Pontiac? Well, Alan had bought his uh, Pontiac from a tattoo artist that's really, really, really well known. Uh, his name's Aaron Coleman. And it was a nice, uh, I would say, street rod, maybe. I don't know. What would you call it, Billy? Uh, it had torque thrust, too. So, <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it was. And black walls. A, it was a really nice car. And, you know, we're looking at it like, what can we do? What can we do? I'm like, well, there's a ton of shit we could do with this car. So he bought it. And uh, <laughs> the, 
the funny thing is, uh, I hope nobody's listening, but both of us were out and uh, out of work, uh-huh. and we bagged the car, and it took us like six months to bag the car because we were both injured. Oh man! And we'd like go over there for an hour, go to the shop for an hour, and you know put one screw in and ah fuck it, and then we'd sit down and hang out for five hours and tell the old ladies that we worked all day and we didn't do shit but roll around on the ground. Isn't that like Alan's MO like currently though? Yeah, that's injured that's or non-injured. Thing. Yeah, he just comes rolls around and gets dirty. <laughs> so uh you know we ended up finally getting it bagged after like six months of being through hell and uh we decided to uh just totally changed the whole complete look of the car after it had gotten keyed. Somebody had keyed it and it, it had a brand new black paint job. It was beautiful the way it was. And somebody had keyed it. So he had gotten the insurance money and I was like, well, you know what, for this, I'll fix it, throw some more money at it. You know, we'll do the roof. And I had the roof all taped out in like three panels you know, nothing special, just three floating panels. Uh-huh. And then I get on Instagram, and there's a guy painting a 66 Impala, almost identical. <laughs> Tell Alan, you know what? Just let me go to town on this, and let me just do whatever. And, and you know, it's going to sound crazy, but I want to do some crazy things to it. And he's like, all right, go for it. Just start doing whatever you want to do. And at that time, there was a magazine guy, uh, Bill Garrett, who wanted to take pictures of me doing stuff. So I was like, hey, right now it's a perfect opportunity. You know, you can actually come and see how long this stuff takes. So uh, he comes out and he took a lot of pictures of me doing a lot of the graphics on Alan's roof, which he wants to use at a later date still to uh, put in uh, like a tech article, I guess, but I haven't gotten to, together with them to do anything with that or not. Yeah, he does a, a Lowview magazine, right? Yes, correct, Lowview magazine. Yeah, it was cool to finally meet him when I was out at the show. Yeah, he's a great dude, Definitely. great dude. Big supporter of the club, too. Big supporter of our club. So he, you know, he was like, man, I didn't realize how much time and tape and, and material you actually go through just for a little panel. Oh, yeah, that's... You know, you know, you know, you you've done your cars. Oh yeah, we backmasked Josie's panels. It was it was a lot of tape. <laughs> right, and at eleven, I don't know what it is out there in California, but here it's eleven dollars a roll. Yeah, it's it's not cheap. So you know, they're they're looking at me like I'm crazy because I have to do it backwards. You know, well, you know. So they're like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. This isn't looking good. This isn't looking good. I'm like, I'm not even finished yet. I'm not finished yet. Wait till we put all the colors in. All the colors? How many more colors are you going to put? I'm like, well, I'm only going to use three, but it's actually going to be like six because you're going to mix them with this color and that color and do this and do that. And they're like, okay, okay. And you could just see the worriness in Alan's face like, I don't know, man. I don't know. And then when I was done, they're like, oh, my God, that's beautiful. That's awesome. And, but, and it, it turned out great. Thank you. But if it wasn't for that Instagram post, it would have just been <laughs> a three-floating panel like almost every other car out there. But that's all he wanted. He wanted something simple. He was like, I don't want nothing too flashy. I don't want nothing crazy. I just want a three-panel you know, 
all right, cool, let's do it, you know. But then when I seen that, I was like, you're going to look just like this guy. Let's go crazy. Then I come to find out, you know, I was, uh, we were at Santa Maria and uh, his car and night train were parked right next to each other. And I'm looking at, we're out, we're on the roof or on the second story, I should say. And I'm looking at the roofs and I was looking at Phil Leonard's paint job next to mine. And I'm like, oh my God, the panels are almost identical. <laughs> I mean, they were so different. But just the body line, the way we taped them off, were very, very similar. You know, and I didn't even see that car when I did his car. I didn't even know about that. Because they broke out about the same time, I believe, if I remember right. That's cool. I mean, there's it means you guys are thinking about the same things when you're looking at the body lines. You know, it's uh, that's really neat to see. Right, yeah. And then I seen... Uh, I was talking to Phil about that. I seen I ran into him in a show in New Mexico, and you know he was with his family. So I only got to talk to him for a short amount of time. And he's a great dude, man. I like that guy. He's he's very humble, just a, a awesome, awesome artist. Yeah, he's he's a real nice I, guy. I, I learned a lot just from watching him. You know, when everybody says, "Oh, you know this," no, I still learn every day, and you know I see stuff he does, and I. You know, like, man, how do I do that? You know, and then I got to try to figure out how to do stuff that he's doing. You know? Yeah, I he, he posted something the other day. He's playing around with depth. Like, he's got some stuff there, shadows and stuff, some stuff. with like, Yeah, the smoke looking stuff. That is so cool. How does he do that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. I don't know. Right? Yeah, he's just an amazing artist, man. And he's an amazing person, too. He's very, very nice. Very nice person. Yeah. Who are some of the other painters that uh, that inspired you when you got started? Uh, there's Luis Miranda, uh, who's a, a local painter around here, and uh, OG Mondo. And they were big, big lowrider painters in Arizona. And uh, the guy I had mentioned earlier who helped me on my car, his name's Bobby J., he uh, actually had a bunch of cars in Lowrider Magazine growing up. I looked at a lot of his stuff. And when I finally got to meet him, you know, I was like, man, you know, you were one of my idols growing up. And now you're in my shop helping me paint my car. How fucking awesome is this? You know, and uh, I, like I looked at a lot of Watson and Winfield stuff, too. Yeah. But my eyes were more to the Lowrider style. Like, I loved how Watson and Winfield, how Winfield did his fades and Watson did his panels. You know, just unbelievable how they did it. But just the pizzazz of the lowrider flake and, you know, the designs in them was just unreal to me. And it just made me go crazy for that stuff. And that's, I think, why I tend to lean more that way. Yeah. Um, I still like the, the, you know, paneling just straight paneling of a car you know it, done right they look bitching but a lot of guys go over the top and screw it up in my opinion i could be wrong but just in my opinion yeah it's it's really hard to know when to stop when you're taping out a roof right right and i try you know i try to be a lot different than other people you know i try not to do you know, well, hey, let's try to do something different. Let's not just do the same old stuff. You know, let's let's try to break boundaries here. Let's do something new and unique. Mm -hmm. Well, everything we do is pretty much new and unique to people in Arizona. There, I mean, a lot of it's it's been done before, but not in our style. You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? Yeah, I'm following you. So, you know, but these these guys, 
for me, we're the pioneers here in Arizona, you know, and uh, uh, Bugs is another one that was also uh, a big name for me growing up here in Arizona. Uh, talk to him at car shows all the time and, you know, another really, really nice dude that's humble that just, you know, wants to paint cars and have fun. It's great being able to know these guys now, you know, seeing them as I was growing up in magazines and stuff and you're like, oh man, I'll never get to meet these guys. And you go to a couple shows and they start looking at your work and they're going, man, who did this? You're like, I did. Wow, that's awesome. You know, and you're getting a prop from that guy. And it's like, wow, that's awesome. You know, I, I, I like that. Yeah, so that's really cool. That's what keeps me going. Do you have anything coming up next that you want to talk about? Uh, actually, I'm going to start building my 65 Impala pretty soon, and I have a 39 Chevy that I'm slowly, slowly trying to work on. Yeah. Uh, having a regular job now and doing side work is a, a bit rough after this back surgery. I can imagine. And a 62 T-Bird. Right. No? <laughs> yeah. He's got he's to fit that in somewhere. We'll see. <laughs> and a 63 Impala four-door. Just throwing that out there, Nick. <laughs> right on. So we're going to see you guys at Santa Maria this year, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. We'll be there. Awesome. And you guys are all driving out, right? You bet. Uh, <laughs> me and Billy are driving out. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's going to trailer. Yeah. I'm not going to say any names, Alan. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Right on, man. Really looking forward to seeing you guys there. I guess we're, we're just about at the end of this. Uh, I'm hearing that cell phone thing again. Sorry. I think it's probably something going through the house. I think it I think it was uh, Freddy. No, it's you. You're the one. You're closer. I, I'm doing a fantasy baseball draft at the same time. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> Don't judge me. I know it's not car related. No, that's well, crazy how you can hear that. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's really weird. It's like a very specific sound. If you've heard it once, it's like a... Th- 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 yeah, that was a pretty good little impersonation there. Yeah, that's one of the things I do. <laughs> <laughs> You're a man of many talents. Right on. What was that, number three? That that was, yeah. That was <laughs> your number three. All right. I guess it's probably the right place to end this then. Man, thank you guys so much for uh, for sticking it out and making this work and uh, giving me the time to, to talk. Thank you. I wish I wish my color commentary was better, dude. I really feel like I let you guys down with my jokes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have a lot. Um, you you want to go, go back and do that? What's it? That ADR, the advanced dialogue replacement like they do on movies? Have you seen that? No. I don't, I'm not familiar with the term, but I oh, guess I'm, you just mean like... I'm a big dumb Yeah, they go back and they overdub and they like remove the mouth so it looks the same. Yeah, nice. Yeah, well, we, we can don't do, have that. To do that because it's just audio. But yeah. Yeah, it'll be a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did great, Billy. Thank you, Freddie. I was there for you. I'm your roadie. That's right. Go get me a beer, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nicholas. All right, thank you. Right on, man. Well, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. No problem. No thank problem, you dude. Again. It was fun. Yeah, it was awesome. Fuck Frank. 
Well, all right, there you have it. Episode 15 is in the can. Thank you so much, Freddie and Billy, for being a part of that. Man, what an absolute nightmare it was to get that audio working. Uh, this is my first time using separate microphones, my first time using Skype, and my first time doing something where I'm not actually in the same room with the person that I'm interviewing. So I am amazed that I came out with anything at all. <laughs> but I'm sorry for getting it out there late. So, man, uh, you guys out there, uh, Travis over at Chrome Pipes and Pinstripes, and the guys over at Writers on the Norm, some of the call-in podcasts that I listen to regularly, man, you guys are my heroes. <laughs> you made this sound so easy. It's not. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for putting all the work into your episodes. So that's it for now. Uh, it's been a tough month. Uh, sorry this thing's coming out a little bit late, but you know things are looking up, and I'm really glad to have this podcast and this corner of the internet carved out to do creative shit in. Uh, I did notice when listening back to this episode that there's a few times that we, we're making jokes about something that we never really talk about. Um, when you hear us make jokes about, like, uh, carne asada and modelos and, like, use some stereotypical, you know, words that people would commonly associate with lowrider culture, uh, what we're, we're joking about is uh, some guy came onto one of our car club's social media outlets and said some, like, really not cool stuff about uh, our cars, our culture, what their impression of lowriding was. And so we've been sort of joking about that as a club for the past couple of days just because, uh, you know, there's... There's just there's no reason to be a jerk, and uh, out of context, it seems really silly to pick on people for having fun uh, because you don't understand their part of car culture. So my advice, if you're a listener and you're a curious person, if you find yourself on YouTube and you're finding some uh, some videos of car stuff that you don't get, uh, Lord knows I've been there before. Either keep looking, do some research, or just find another spot on the internet because uh, there's just no reason to be a jerk like that. So there it is. It's I guess if you didn't hear that beforehand, you might think that we're making light of lowrider culture, which I assure you, in no way are we doing that whatsoever. We are uh, making fun of someone who's making fun of it. So, all right, there it is. A joke explained is now completely dead, and I'll leave you with that. So thanks for listening. I'll see you guys at Santa Maria, and I should be having another episode of the show coming to you guys pretty soon. I have a couple exciting guests lined up, so stay tuned.